1: Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR to sign up for a new account today to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Ruto, AJ, Megan, as uh the injury bug has officially hit the Colorado Avalanche, or should I say, doubled down on the Colorado Avalanche today. Uh First of all, Valentin Chushkin out at least a month with ankle surgery. Beyond that, you have Bowen Byram, who's now week to week with an LBI. And Sam Gerrard also day to day. All of this on top of Gabe Landis, who is still being out uh, until January. And Darren Helm with still no timeline to return. Uh, obviously, far more important than all of that is the loss of Peter McNabb. Uh, It's something we do want to talk about, but we're going to wait until Jesse is back in town uh, so we can all get together and and get our feelings out together. Um, Something very important to all of us, but we want to we want to all do it together. So we're going to wait until tomorrow to do that. So if you want that kind of talk, be sure to tune into tomorrow's show for today. There is a significant amount of abs news to talk about. Um, For starters, that's bad. <laughs> Three guys now out at least for these upcoming games. Myram and Nachushkin significantly longer. First question. Can the ABS survive the way their roster is currently constructed
2: through these injuries? Uh, well, I think some of that's going to depend on... How serious the Gerard injury is. Um, Gerard being day to day, if he plays on Thursday and he plays, you know, he just plays moving forward, it helps. Uh, because they won't have the cap space to fill out the roster if Sam Gerard can't play. They will be like right there. Um, because they need to call they'll, they need to call two guys back up from the Eagles. So if they if they just go right back with Maltev and Kout, like I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Obviously Kout, like It's gonna get games, yeah. There should be no conversation about that. <laughs> but until he gets called back up, I'm uncomfortable. But uh that's that's where I am with the trust on this. But uh that regard let's just say maltsev and kaut if they call those two guys back up and gerard is good uh mcdermid then the the lineup is pretty much what it was for the game on saturday in finland that's that's just the lineup it's uh McDermott, um mcdermid or mcdonald whichever one they want to do one of them on defense one of them at forward I'd go McDonald on defense uh, and then McDermott at forward, because especially because without Byram, you're losing a little bit of
1: puck moving ability. Uh, yeah. yeah,
2: you lose some of that puck moving. And so, and and let's, let's just be real. Uh, Curtis McDermott's a, never been a good defenseman in the NHL. Uh, yep. He's been passable as a forward where you're fine there. with And with him playing four minutes a night at forward, it's not that big of a deal, but it's obvious that Jared Bednar has never trusted him as a, as a defenseman. Um, and so that's that's just what I would do. Um, but that that leaves them with no extra forwards. If something happens during morning skate, you know, a guy gets diarrhea during warm-ups, like whatever. Like if something happens and a guy can't play uh, in an in emergency, they will not have a full lineup. So that's like in the immediate. Sam Gerard's day-to-day availability is weirdly like in the short term the most important part of this, uh, because if he can't if he can't go, then you are looking at either just playing a man down, and yep. let's be real here, it wouldn't be that different from how they are already operating, uh, yep. uh, at least at the on the forward side, but then you would have Josh Manson, Eric Johnson, Jacob McDonald, and Curtis McDermott are four of your six defensemen in the game.
1: Yeah. It's extremely concerning on the defensive side, especially uh, we've talked about this a little bit before. You would like to see the Avs get away from playing dudes 27 minutes a night in insane amounts because it's, that kind of stuff is what leads to day-to-day style injuries. And it doesn't get any better. There's, there's just no way Jared Bednar is going to have any faith in however you sort out the pairings with McDermott and McDonald on them.
2: I mean, it would, that would be the pairing.
1: Sure. Uh,
2: it would be, it would be Taves McCarr. It would be Manson Johnson. And then it would be McDonald McDermott. And, and, that
1: you know that pairing's not getting more than six minutes a night if it's a close game.
2: And we've talked about Manson Johnson being a pairing that has seen the least amount of success so far this year. Yep. For Colorado, I was I was literally going through all the data today to be like, are we over are we overanalyzing this? Are we No. No, that pairing is bad. That pairing has that pairing has produced bad results. And if that becomes your second pairing, you just have a huge problem here. You just do like that's even even if even if Sam Gerard is in there. Like that's Sam, Sam Gerard and and Gerard has not been he's not all the way back to the guy that we are expecting him to be. He's I would say his play this year has been uneven. Now, yeah. Sam Gerard playing uneven is certainly is certainly a step up from a, what you're going to get out of McDermott or McDonald uh on the as as defenseman but that's a really tough job for G that's a really tough job
1: yeah it's uh it's definitely sketchy megan do you think the avs can play Let, let's live in a world where Gerard isn't back immediately can the avs get by without him
0: like secure a win without him <laughs>
1: That's the idea.
0: Uh, I, I'm i sure it's possible. It's just made that much more challenging. These are, I mean, it's Nashville and Carolina, right? That we're kind of looking at yeah. coming down the pipeline most closely. And those are not teams that I, I wouldn't take seriously, but they've also met lesser teams and have had a rigorous schedule to start this year. So it's, it's certainly possible, but. It's definitely not made easy for them because the defense as a whole, even with healthy players has been coming together a little bit more slowly, finding their cohesion a bit. Uh, And so this just disrupts what they were building in terms of cohesion. So it's just made that much more difficult now because this is going to be more instability. It's the last thing that they needed.
1: Yeah. It's, is it the end of the world by any means? No but it's kind of the thing you were hoping for the abs to avoid. Now it could have been worse. You know, they it didn't kind lose of
2: feels like it. <laughs> like a team that builds itself around its defense. Yeah. And you're a month into the season and your defense gets dinged up like this. You're already struggling badly at the forward position. Like the doomsday feeling is real. Like it's not the end of the world, but it in the moment, it It feels like it is, man. It feels terrible. Well,
1: I mean, it feels like you've gone from they were okay to you're one injury away now from disaster. Yeah.
2: And, and like, we knew that Colorado's depth on the defensive side especially was not there. That one injury to the defense was going to stress it a little bit, but two was a really big problem. Like, when your defense is healthy and you've got that preferred top six, you're very comfortable. But when you get beyond those six defenders, uh, you're in some trouble.
1: Yeah, it's there's just not it's a lot of depth. The cost there.
2: of doing business, you know, that's that's what happens when you decide to make the commitments that they made, and we so, knew that that was the risk of it. We I mean, like we knew that this was dangerous territory for them, and this is the this is the downside of it right here. We're seeing it. Um,
1: so let's so, not beat around the bush. Then should the Avs go out and get a defenseman or should they just ride it out?
0: I'd want to learn about the nature of Sammy G's injury, like hearing a state to day does feel short term, but is it something lingering uh, from a pest injury or, or reoccurring from something else? Um, because otherwise I would say no, uh, unless I'd, there was more context I'd, to the nature of this injury.
1: I'd feel a lot better about Sammy G if, Nachushkin wasn't day to day and ends up getting surgery. And Byron wasn't day to day and has now been upgraded to week to week. Day to day for the Avalanche organization feels more like we don't know yet than actually day to day.
2: Yeah. Day to day feels like we're waiting for that. I mean, Nachushkin was like, Nachushkin was like about to play. Yeah. In
1: And now he's suddenly in getting surgery. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And now, and now, you know, oh he's a little uncomfortable. He's a little uncomfortable. Okay. Let's just get it taken care of. So I see where they were coming from with their approach to it, especially because they just weren't playing very much. Uh, But even with the rest, it didn't get, it didn't get any, uh, it didn't get any better.
1: Yep. Still didn't answer my question though.
2: Sorry. Yeah. I I don't think so, uh, okay. because like, what kind of defender are you gonna get? Like, are you really gonna seriously go and trade for Jack Johnson right now?
1: No, I would totally go trade for Dmitry Kulikov though. Oh,
2: God. <laughs> I want to fight you so bad right now. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm just. It's been like 10 years of this avalanche Dmitry Kulikov. I know. Thing. I know. We've had a couple of years where it's lied dormant. I would just like to keep it there. Uh, but no, I I don't think so because again, we've talked about it. You are not asset rich, you just don't have very much to give right now. And whatever you are interested in giving, you're talking about doing for the sake of the month of November. Yeah. It's not for the playoff run, it's not for it's not a long-term injury where you're like this guy's out for the year, like it's for the month of November. Yep. So, and uh, in the month with Nachouškin out, if Nachouškin is out exactly from one month for one month, uh, and he comes back on December eighth, it's fourteen games. So there's a lot of hockey games to be played there, but it's also only fourteen games. You know. Well, like, I, you're making you're making a decision. Uh, look, I would say two weeks ago, if Ethan Bear was still available, there was an obvious it. one. Yeah. There. there was an obvious a guy that would uh, a guy that was right handed, a guy that would fit into your system, a guy that uh, a guy with some talent that you could actually that that does not feel like it would be purely a band aid. Um, but right now, it feels like. Just well, a Band-Aid. I mean, I'll be
1: honest with you. I don't think they need to aggressively pursue a forward at all yet.
2: I don't think so either. Uh,
1: it's If if you were looking to do something, it would mean Sam Gerard's injury is a little bit more serious and you're looking to shore up your defense in the immediate. Um. you guys see that? No. Okay. AJ's got ghosts confirmed.
2: <laughs> I tell you what, man. The roommate being in Finland for a week, mm-hmm. there have been nights where
1: <laughs> some haunting is going I'm, on upstairs.
2: Well, I'm downstairs by myself. I'm in the basement by myself, chilling, and i I think I hear him upstairs. And I'm like, is this just my brain lying to me? These <laughs> random neurons yeah. firing off. Is he is he up there? <laughs> and it got so weird one night that I actually went up there and like wandered around. It was like. Now it's dead quiet. I'm hearing things. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm <laughs> a, little, a little nervous. Excited for him to come home. So for those noises for those noises to resume being normal. Um, anyway, sorry.
1: No, you're good. That is perfect. Uh, I do want to look into this a little bit deeper. It's a conversation that some people want to hear about. Some people don't. The salary cap. But we will get into that after we let you know we're brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. If you want to, you know, up your salary cap a little bit, use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account with DraftKings. Uh, With that new account, you can bet $5 on any NBA team to win their next game. And you get $200 in free bets when they do. So jump on it. Get $200 to mess around with. You can bet that on anything you want on DraftKings with eight $25 bets. It's great to just have a little bit of fun with that. Of course, if you got a good line on stuff, you can make yourself a good amount of money. You can do things like same-game parlays, uh, just normal bets or anything in between on just about any sport under the sun. So check out DraftKings Sportsbook today. Again, be sure to use that DNVR code when you sign up for a new account to get the super big bonuses. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also brought to you by Athletic Greens. You can go over there and get yourself the perfect start to every day. Just one scoop in your cup of water every morning. It's got 75 different vitamins and minerals in it. A bunch of probiotics and adaptogens too. So they've got you covered. It'll boost your immune system. It's great for a pre-workout. A bunch of athletes use it for that. Uh, You can also get it to help with I don't pretty much anything like it'll help wake you up in the morning. It's a great hangover cure. It does so many things that it's just great to have in the morning. So go check it out today. You can go to athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to get on it. When you purchase, you also get a year's supply of vitamin D and five travel packs sent to you too. So take control of your health. Get yourself some athletic greens. It's athleticgreens.com slash avalanche. Second period of the day. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I've already seen chat talking about it and confusing each other about it. (laughs) The Avs cap situation and the potential for putting someone onto LTIR. (laughs) Uh, If the Avs do not go out and get someone, there is absolutely no reason for them to use LTIR. Again, what you're seeing them do, why you've seen Martin Kaut and Mikhail Maltsev get sent down is they're trying to accrue as much cap space as humanly possible on a day-to-day basis yep. uh, so they have as much as possible for the trade deadline.
2: Yep, it's just uh, maximum flexibility. If you put a guy on LTIR, yes, you can use that space now. But you are not
1: accrue it for later. Yeah. you
2: accrue zero cap space during that time, putting a guy on LTIR is a 24-day commitment to using it. So if you put Gabe Landiscog on LTIR, yeah, he will continue to be on injured reserve uh beyond the that that limit, but you're saying, well, we can't we're not we're not accruing any cap space for the next yep. month. Yep. So
1: and indefinitely after that as long as he's on L T I R also. But
2: yeah. And, that, and then after that month, then if they wanted to, they could pull him off of it and put it back on regular IR. But you'll get no cap space out of it. Um, so <clears throat> are you going to do that to to just so that you can pluck one more guy out of the AHL and play him four minutes? Is that worth it? Or would you rather just not have that guy in the lineup? That's the decision that they have to make, uh, depending on the – uh severity of the injury. So to Gerard, I mean. Sorry. Because that's without Gerard, they can continue to run the bare bones no subs lineup that they've got that they ran in Saturday in Columbus. Yep. Some variation depending on what they want to do, McDermott versus McDonald. Some variation of that lineup will get run. But that's the lineup. If they don't, um yeah. So LTIR LTIR is not like some like, hey, your problems are fixed. It just changes your problems. It reduces your flexibility uh, at the deadline. And do you want to reduce flexibility at the deadline to make a meaningful move that could help you win a Stanley Cup? Or do you want to do it so that you're a little bit more competitive in November?
1: I mean, that...
2: Right. And I, I don't mean to say that to minimize the games in I, November. like they magically don't count.
1: I, I understand what you're saying, but the only way you can convince yourself of doing it now is if you're making a move that you believe is both, right?
2: Exactly. Well, and that's where that's where I br- I brought up the name Jack Johnson. He's cheap. he's familiar. he'd be plug and play. Obviously, very like he would just drop right in and have no issues adapting to what the Avs need or want or whatever. Uh, and he wouldn't cost very much uh, trade wise yeah. but also was the guy that played in game six when they won the Stanley Cup like he played half of the postseason for them last year yep so that's that's why I brought his name up you know you know if you could do Luke Shen from Vancouver then my dream from last year could live but it would be this it would be very much the same style of move. <laughs> uh so like it it would have it would have to be a lower depth guy like not a guy that's really going to be a, an impact player for you but uh keeps the sh- keep, keeps the boat afloat kind of thing. And I think that's that's the goal for the next month right now, you know, There's so uh I get a lot of random questions here about different players and their injuries. To recap Natchooshkin is out for a month. Helm remains week to week. Byram is week to week with a lower body injury, and Gerard is day to day. Yep, that's where we're at for today.
1: That's the knowledge that we have now. Presumably, more specifics may come out on some of those things over the next couple of days. With Gerard's day to day, we'll see how close he yeah. is on Thursday to actually playing. Yep. Um. I. I didn't, don't want to sidetrack us too much, but I saw this tweet and, and thought of you, AJ. So <sighs> I, I know Allie has it back here. Uh, <laughs> the bad guy in Hallmark movies is a boyfriend who is like, uh, No, babe, I can't drop everything and leave work this weekend. I'm about to close a deal for $10 million that will set us up for life. And the good guy is a guy who is just standing there when she gets to her hometown.
2: He is not just standing there, all right? He is universally liked by that home, by the people in that hometown, and he's usually a firefighter or a policeman or a rancher or a farmer or something, and he's almost always a single dad. All right? (laughs) Fucking get it straight. (laughs) Owen.
0: And the bad guy is usually a dick. I just, yeah. like, he's, he's not likable. He's like, he's he like a woman's career. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bad guys in Hallmark movies get a bad rap, okay? They're actually good people.
0: Hill to They're just on. under
1: a lot of stress, <laughs> trying to provide for their families. Think about it like this, all right. Look,
2: you guys you guys don't know, but I have ranted many times on the Hallmark formula with <laughs> us not being on camera and why it works very well. Okay? It's a genius formula. <laughs>
1: AJ can't handle it when they break the formula.
2: I <laughs> They just make bad movies when they venture outside of the comfort zone. They make bad movies, okay? When they're in the comfort zone, they are bad movies but charming. <laughs> All right? They are charming and lovable and and relatable. Everybody wants to fall in love like that. It's the it's the shit. So, AJ, now. are you
0: excited for the Lindsay Lohan Christmas?
2: I am excited <laughs> for it. In fact,
0: We'll have to do a watch along of that.
2: Oh my <laughs> God. I I'm gonna just watch it with Z and not with other people. are oh. gonna watch. She's gonna have to sit through that with me. Although well, I think she's the one that showed it to me.
0: After.
2: Absolutely.
1: Well, look. Sometimes you have to be the bad guy though, and it feels like the Abs might have to be the bad guy in the Hallmark movie this month because money's tight. They gotta they gotta strap it down, and they can't replace any of their injured players. All right
2: gotta stick to the formula yep sometimes they gotta you gotta
1: be the bad guy to get good results.
2: Stick to the formula in in from Finland and they will be they will do just fine.
0: That's a, that's actually exactly what I'm thinking even if it's not winning results right they are down going into a second period. I still think they need to deploy players pretty evenly in time on ice and just live and die by that for at least a couple games, and really see what someone like a Dryden Hunt or a Maltsev or a Cow, whoever it might be, is made of.
2: I also am curious uh, if some of the heavy usage had to do with the lopsided schedule, where they knew they were getting a week off, where it was like, "Sure, you're going to go really, really hard for two days, because you're going to have four off after this. And then... When they don't, you know, when they play and then, oh, it's every other day, then in that, you know, then in that case, of course, um, in that, in that case, you know, the usage will have to smooth out a little bit when they're, they can't just run a guy into the ground and be like, all right, you got a week off. I mean, so. I think I think I think that will be an interesting it will be an interesting litmus test of trust of the roster versus differences to the schedule.
1: But, I mean, look, no offense to any of the injured players outside of Landis Gog, But these aren't your stars. And you know, Val Nechuskin is close, at least in the last year and a half, close. He's a but, bona fide top six. Right. Guy, but he's not Nathan McKinnon. He's not Kale McCarr. He's not Miko Rantanen. This is a team that, in theory, should be able to lean on those top guys to get them wins, regardless of the lack of depth that you're going to see with these injuries.
2: That's the beauty of the regular season, is that your your best guys can just straight up win you games. Yep. Uh, when you get to the playoffs, winning is a much harder much more depth-oriented, a lot more defensively focused, goaltending, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like, all that shit. But winning in the regular season, no. And the Fs don't need to win, try and win the division in November. Yep. You, just, you just need to stay competitive. You don't want to be 15 points out come January 1st or whatever. So just win some games. Stay competitive. Uh, with these injuries, honestly, if they played 600 hockey for the next two months... That would fine. be. Yeah. Th- they would be just fine. Uh, I think
0: November is why I wouldn't want them to be too reactive in how they move forward right now.
2: What
1: would trigger a reaction? Another serious injury, or just Gerard being out for a significant amount?
2: When you say a reaction, you mean like a okay now we need to make a deal? Yeah. Um, I would say any injury that stretches beyond the new year. Okay. Because even if, even if you lose, you know, Miko Rantanen or whatever, if you lose one of these other top guys, even if it's just for a month, it's
1: so you're in full get to December, just survival mode at this point, even
2: even two months, honestly, Uh, even if you get through, like, it's really like January, like, it would have to be, and and they would have to, like, it would have to be an injury like that, and then they would actually have to lose the game. Yeah.
1: That, they would if you're have win. You're obviously not changing anything. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Megan, same boat or a little more aggressive?
0: Uh, no, very similar boat.
1: Okay. I. <laughs> If it's a forward, I, I think I can agree with you guys. If the Avs lose another defenseman, I don't know how they don't make a move of some kind.
2: If the Gerard thing turns into weeks.
1: It's, you just then, cannot be icing McDermott and McDonald every night.
2: Like of the value of a Jack Johnson goes up, the worse those injuries are, you know, yeah. for, because Byron, it's like, oh, week to week. Okay. Well, if he's out for this week, but he's back for, they play next Monday, I think. Yep. If he's back for like that Monday game, or really, it, it all against St. Louis. If he's back for, even if he misses this homestand, and he's back I, for the road trip that I they take,
1: I would say even if he's back by that whatever. Vancouver home game, okay, that's fine. But if you're looking at it more like middle of December for Byram and Gerard's out a couple of weeks, yeah. The, if someone like EJ gets nicked up or something, yeah. you know, at, at a certain point, you have to ice a roster that's functional.
2: <laughs> yeah. And Megan, the question I would have for you is for, from the Eagles perspective of this, if there is the need to call up a defenseman, is there, it, it, it's like, it's like Brad Hunt, right? Like it's Brad Hunt and then a prayer.
0: It is, because I think even with Brad Hunt, it's still prayerful. I really like Brad Hunt. I just don't think he would be a call-up solution. I advocate, too, for McDonald. Like, if this were an alternate universe and McDonald was with the Eagles to be called up, I would endorse that as the first man up. I don't feel as confidently about Brad Hunt in that place.
1: Is there any hope beyond Brad Hunt? A YOLO?
0: Okay, so actually... That was my next answer. Um, I don't think it would be fair to his timeline of development for the, his debut to happen this way. So I I would really hate... I wouldn't wish that on him, right? But it was really exciting for a minute when we got to see Justin Barron get his chance. And I have liked how Zhuravlov looks, um, but he is still very raw. But I really do like the way that he looks with the Eagles right now.
1: Right. But, I mean...
0: He's still I'm... discovering some identity things. Not a bad way, but like what he could bring to the table is in flux, and that is another reason why I would not want that to happen so, too soon.
1: Here's I'm down with the Zoravion call-up if you make it and you just live with the result. But we know Bednar's gonna play that dude for three minutes, and it's why did you even call him up?
2: Yeah. Well that's that's kind of my uh, the, that's like that's kind of what I've been talking about on the show about, you know, why bother messing with this? Even if, even if Gerard is hurt and you you literally are down to eleven forwards and six defensemen, and that's just what you have for your rosters, you know, oh, what's what's the point if you're only gonna play the guy that you call up for three minutes or whatever?
1: Yep, just live what
2: without it. You, Really, like, just keep accruing the cap space because you're not using that guy anyway. What does it matter at that point? So, I, I and we haven't really we haven't really talked about it, but assuming that he is getting called back up this week, this is like this is it for Martin Cow. This is yeah. your shot that you've waited all this time for. You're healthy. You've earned a little bit of you've earned a little bit of cred with the coaches in the last week. Like, this is it, man. This is your time to say, "Hey, you guys don't need to go get somebody at the deadline. You don't need to claim some guy off waivers again. You don't need to do any of that shit." I got you. This is it. This is his chance. Yep. Feels like we've been waiting years for the the right combination of factors to fall into place here. And they're here. It broke. It broke Martin Kelt's way. And if if it's never if if it's not going to happen, it's going to be because.
1: He didn't live up to it. On yeah, because one. he yeah. didn't,
2: he didn't, he did not make the most of this moment, yeah. but this, this, like, this is zip for him. Like this, is, this, this is like the best opportunity. If if you're pulling specifically for Martin cow to succeed, this is, this is his time.
1: So would you say the Evs might need to beef up their roster? You faces know, are worth their weight. I get, in gold. I get
2: so much shit when I make when I make jokes, <laughs> and you just get to do this live on air, and I have to live with it. This yep, is bullshit. Yep. It's Between this green. and the Kulikov thing, we're fighting today.
1: Oh, it's on! It's on. Go get yourself some Hassle Cattle Company. Uh, the best beef you can find out there comes from a family farm down in Texas. You get 20% off at HassleCattleCompany.com when you use code DNVR20. Uh, when you order, you can get, of course, their amazing Wagyu beef burgers and sausages, but you can also get tons of other meats, including ribeye steaks, tomahawk steaks, New York strips, you name it. They got the They got the whole, I don't know, what what's a beef term for like the whole gamut? The whole hog, even though it's a cow, I guess. I don't know.
2: (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Check out Hassle Cattle Company. There you go. Edwin is doing my reads for me at this point. (laughs) Uh, Again, HassleCattleCompany.com to order today. They'll ship it right to your door so you can just have it good to go for dinner. Uh, Also brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, I've been told drinking the Broncos country will give you the energy to do the high knees that you need to do in life. Uh, so go check out some Breck Brew. You can find it at your local liquor store. Uh, use the Breck Brew locator online at BreckBrew.com. You can also check out all of their other merch, which is very popular at BreckBrew.com. Third period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on with the Avs roster with these injuries going on?
2: What's Sean Barron's up to right now?
1: <laughs> nice. Sign him mid-season? Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: no. Please <laughs> I
1: was
2: just thinking right about Right now. Sorry, Pios.
0: I was just thinking about him this morning because I was thinking about how I do want to do a piece on Barons and I want to do it before he absolutely pops off because like his D partner was just defenseman of the week and naturally something's about to happen and all media is gonna flock to DU to tell the Barons mid-season check-in story. And I was like, I should probably be seeing how he's doing get there first.
2: DU's not as good this year. Just take no Just take the Abs DLC. With you, and just have him sign it. No, no, no. I really. He can be our, he can be the seventh D. No more. No more McDonald and McDermott. It's Hey Sean, like... can I get an
1: autograph? No, gotcha! he is. The... gosh
2: gotcha. <laughs> P.S. Here's hundred thousand dollars from the abs. <laughs> like, we gotcha. But also, like, there is a nice bonus here that'll pay for your apartment.
0: <laughs> You're coming home with me.
2: Yeah. Great. Now we've turned it into a crime
0: no <laughs> he has to go to real juniors we can't stop him this time
2: leave it to leave it to megan to take something totally harmless and innocent and turn the it into a crime
0: i was watching a Wolves san diego game and i was like will you take drew Hellison home with you and they're like what no i can't do that i just want them all back
1: uh okay if there's if there's nothing else legit on the abs roster side, uh, a topic nothing we have been. Legit. Well,
2: as opposed know. to us talking about crime.
1: Well, we might end up talking about some crimes anyway, unfortunately. Good
2: uh,
1: point. A, a topic we've been asked about a lot to talk about uh, is this whole Mitchell Miller situation in the NHL and he was signed. He wasn't signed. There's a lot of missed and incorrect communication about everything going on with the Boston Bruins attempting to sign him Uh, for reference. If you don't know, Mitchell Miller was originally drafted by the Arizona coyotes and the coyotes ended up having to forfeit his rights because of an incident involving him uh, as a student in eighth grade. I believe it was bullying a special needs child and more importantly, never officially apologizing.
2: Yeah. In the lead up to the draft process, his teams were doing background on him. He apologized to the teams, um, for the way he behaved and whatever, whatever, did not actually apologize to the kid, did not actually apologize to the family. Um, and through all this time, as far as we know, uh, has not done so to date. Yep.
0: I think within the last couple of weeks, the mother reported that he reached out over what initially was reported as Instagram, but might actually have been Snapchat, wherein the messages vanish to apologize there. And that might be the only direct apology that has been issued to Isaiah. And we don't have a paper trail of it happening.
1: This is an ongoing situation. The draft he was drafted in was 2019, I think.
0: 2020.
1: Was it 2020? Either way, it's been a couple of years. Yeah, uh, this draft and, kind
2: of got mashed together. Yeah
1: this this past week, the Boston Bruins attempted to sign him. Maybe did have him signed at one point. Um, there was immediate backlash from a lot of places, including their own hockey players. Uh, and then Bettman in Finland came out and said that Mitchell Miller is not an eligible NHL player. and may never be. And then the NHL PA said, came out and said, we haven't heard anything about this. What's going on. And the ultimate result is the Bruins did end up reneging on the deal or at very least releasing him.
2: Yeah. They rescinded the offer basically.
1: Yeah. So, it's a very weird situation, but ultimately, Mitchell Miller is yeah. not in the NHL or and signed Miller, to an NHL deal.
2: Miller was a guy that he was drafted in the fourth round by Arizona and would have been drafted higher. Yeah. But he got put on a bunch of d d lists by teams because of the bullying incident, because character concerns like that are a no-go. I mean, when you're 14 years old... um. You know, you're doing you're doing things like that. Like, I think I think that's where the people split into different sides on this. Is that there were people? Oh, well, he was 14. I know I did stupid stuff when I was 14. Like, yeah, I also did stupid stuff when I was 14, but I don't recall any of it being uh,
0: felony assault.
2: Yeah, or racist in nature and illegal um so you know they're not the same and i think it it, this story is kind of the continuation of what we've been talking we talked about a lot over the summer of being allowed to play professional hockey for money is a privilege it's not a birthright just because you're good at the game doesn't mean that you are entitled to a professional career in the sport uh it is a privilege and when you do certain things you remove yourself from being able to enjoy that privilege Uh, and and the only reason that this has come back around so we got drafted uh the coyotes did a little bit of tap dancing and ultimately gave in to you know you know to to common sense rescinded the rights and then no DAC. Uh he was scheduled to go play for North Dakota, mm-hmm. and they they were like, "You can attend, but you can't play for our hockey team. But you can you can go to the school." And instead of doing that, he got the offer to go play in the USHL for the Tri City Storm. Uh, Tri City has a history of giving uh, chances to kids with character issues over the years. It's a very Tri-City thing, so uh, that's where he's been, and the reason that this is coming up now is because he had a dominant USHL season last year in which he scored almost 40 goals as a defenseman, uh, which, look, like just for context here, that's not a super high-scoring league, and for a defenseman to put up. For a defenseman to put up 39 goals in any kind of competitive North American junior league is really impe- impressive, and that's why he's back on teams' as radar, and that's really why it's disappointing from a lot of our perspective as people who are feel like here we go again with the hockey culture conversation, because oh well the the NHL had kind of moved on from this kid, but then he he has a he has a Dominant USHL season, which he scores a ton of points. And it looks like, oh, man, like this, this guy could really play. He could really be something. Um, So we have to, we, you know, we we're going to look into giving him a chance and blah, 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 blah. And the Bruins did that. And they, they apparently didn't do any meaningful homework on it. They didn't talk to, they didn't talk to seemingly anybody except Mitchell Miller.
1: Yeah yeah i the the most damning part of it for me to Boston front office is the fact that it happened, and their entire team of players went why this isn't it yeah so <laughs> go I ahead don
0: i I feel like I'm gonna get on a soapbox a little too much and That's I don't what think this, this show is about office. yeah. You know, because I think people who need to hear it most aren't really a part of this side of the conversation, but I just kind of have frustrations with how a lot of people enter this conversation. There's too much black and white thinking in how people perceive criticisms or backlash directed at the Boston Bruins, especially when this was first announced. People perceived that as a knee-jerk reaction that doesn't allow a redemption arc for somebody who made mistakes when they were younger and i really reject this notion for several reasons for one this happened more or less in 2020 in that we had a lot of great reporting happening in 2020 around that draft that had the police report and a lot of details from the juvenile court case that ultimately led in his conviction and it was beyond just bullying with the incident with the urinal and the lollipop there was a violent assault that occurred after this as well and there was alleged video surveillance of this assault and this is why it was a damning court case um, and why both the young men involved had to concede and even the magistrate overseeing the juvenile court case addressed miller specifically and saying that he seemed like he felt sorry for himself but she wasn't sure that he felt sorry And these are details that we had as readily in 2020 as we do now that were available then. And those details by themselves are pretty damning. But even the NHL teams that put him on the do not draft list, they did so because in his account of what happened in 2016, there were so many discrepancies that there was distrust built then. And this was 2020, right? We've had now two more additional years from an incident that happened in 2016. That's six additional years. That's a lot of time for someone to demonstrate rehabilitation. And the onus is on Miller to demonstrate that. And that is where the backlash that is directed at the Boston Bruins is applying pressure for the Bruins to demonstrate to us the public perception that rehabilitation has happened. And it's not an unfair request because nobody is saying that this young person who is now 20 cannot have a career in the NHL. They are just asking for them, the Boston Bruins, to demonstrate that they've actually done due diligence because our trust in the NHL and in the Boston Bruins to conduct a thorough investigation. Their competency to do so has been severely broken. We've seen it in how they handled Kyle Beach in the Chicago Blackhawks. For the public to have distrust in the NHL or an organization is not unfounded. And this was so quickly corroborated in less than a 24-hour news cycle when Miller's agent puts out a press release trying to outline the organizations that Miller has worked with to demonstrate this path to rehabilitation. And within less than 24 hours, two of those organizations are coming forward and saying they haven't worked with Miller. This is something that is so quickly has holes poked through it that it's a disservice to the people who enjoy hockey and and want to expect better in the players who play it. Because I just really hate the notion that this the criticisms of the Boston Bruins for signing him in the first place are not allowing this young person a chance to grow and change because that opportunity is still available to Miller and it's been there this whole time and it's just frustrating because he is now 20 there are a lot of adults who have sheltered this young person back when he was 14 and this happened and I struggle to identify this young person at 14 as just a child, because there is a lot of innocence and naivety there. But this is also crouching on the age to operate a motor vehicle with learner's permit. Like this isn't someone who completely had no agency in their actions. And there's a lot of time that has passed to demonstrate that change has actually happened. And I would like to hear from Miller in all of this is kind of where I'm at. He's now 20. That's an adult. I would just like to see the vulnerability, the accountability, if that is what has really happened here. And he has had the, in this whole time, the chance to do that.
1: This, the perception for me, especially of the apology that you talked about, whether it was on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever, it's been two years. Additionally, on top of all of the time it had already been, and you don't apologize until allegedly now you've apologized a week before you sign another NHL contract where, you know, this is
2: going to be news,
1: right? <laughs> like, there, you had two years to make that decision, and you know Boston was talking to him when that apology came out. Like it, it continues to feel like there is no real remorse there at all. How
2: how damaging is it that he doesn't do that immediately after getting his draft rights rescinded? Yep, you would have thought you would have thought he would have taken the time to do it right then and there. If he was ever going to be introspective about it, he, it was going to be right then and. He just hasn't. The only time the every a cons- the consistent pattern of behavior here, as Megan mentioned, is that there's been a lack of contrition this entire time. He is he's had opportunities. He's had a bunch of years to to try and to try and do anything about this. Well, and and he just he hasn't taken ownership of it in the way that you would think a person uh, who does feel contrition a person who is sorry about what they did and has grown from it would do and because that's that's the kind of thing that you look back and you're like god i was i was being monstrous to this kid i i screwed this kid up i was i was it was just monstrous behavior and has not has not taken any ownership of that you don't take any ownership of it how should why should anybody believe that you in any way have learned <clears throat> anything from the from it and grown at all and if you haven't grown you don't get the privilege of playing professional hockey you just don't
1: even in a world where if you believe 14 is such a young age where he shouldn't be held responsible for something like that he's 20 now yeah you're old enough to be an adult and at very least publicly be able to talk about this and we haven't seen anything from him directly as far as i know
2: uh yeah it's same as far as i know nothing straight from him and to 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 me i think that this is one of those this is one of those things that you just draw a hard line in the sand you know these these guys that go on to play pro hockey become role models and become important members of their communities things like that and if you if you can't pass the good person test you shouldn't get to play pro hockey. And I wish we could weed out all the bad guys where you're just like, this guy's a piece of shit. He doesn't get to play pro hockey. You just, it's it should be a privilege. And the Bruins, the Bruins were just utterly misguided in this entire endeavor. And they weren't the only one. The Bruins are getting all the flack because they were the ones that he signed the contract with. But we know the the from the reporting that there were multiple teams interested, yep. and you feel the same thing. Shame on all those teams. If the Abs were one of them, shame on them. It, it's a, it's, it's a joke. Honestly, it's it's just it's disappointing.
1: Yeah, uh, it definitely sucks. Uh, I see the comment about Andrew Shaw in the chat. I. I want to be clear i don't think this is hypocrisy i want to believe the best and say that this is a step in the right direction for the nhl starting to do the right things
0: and it, uh. it comes out because of backlash like yep. if people hadn't come down hard in boston for the signing i think this would have stand stood and it's not an impossible standard to set for any nhl player to want, if they do have wrongdoing in the past, to just want transparency in what has happened since the wrongdoing to demonstrate that they've rehabilitated in some way. It's really not a big ask.
1: Agreed.
2: It's not even cancel culture. These are just consequences of being a shithead. Nobody's saying that he can't go on and have a productive life and be a person that... Has a career somewhere else. He just can't do it in pro pro hockey.
1: I I mean, I don't even know if people are saying he can't do it in pro hockey. If he shows at least some remorse,
2: yeah, I mean, some progress
1: as a human being.
2: (laughs) If he goes, he goes to the KHL and is really productive in two years, he'll probably be we'll probably be right back here having this conversation again about him.
1: Yep. So, eh, I don't know. Y'all, y'all know the drill on this. We wish that it was a perfect world and that people in the hockey circles did everything right, but they don't. And it needs to be talked about because this sweeping it under the rug bullshit that's gone on for decades is not acceptable.
2: Yeah, we have to collectively, we have to try and put pressure on the people in power to raise the standard of what it is to be a professional hockey player the expectations of their, of, of players when they're, you know, the representations of your organizations, the representations of our communities, you know, we want to raise the standard of what it is to be a professional hockey player. We want teams to care the way that we do about who these guys are when they're not on the ice. It's great that you can score 20 goals. It's great that you can do this or that or whatever. That's awesome. Congrats. But it goes beyond that. There's a deeper responsibility. There's a deeper responsibility for the three of us as 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 people who are faces of the Avalanche fandom, faces yeah. of a, of an Avalanche fan community. There's a responsibility on us to behave a certain way. Why why do why do we continue to see these guys get free passes? It, it for once it was nice to see. When it, when you know, now that the story is kind of ended at this point, uh, yeah. at least in this version of it, it was it was nice to see. He wasn't, you know he he hasn't shown the contrition required. He hasn't he hasn't shown growth, no rehabilitation, as Megan said. Then he doesn't get to be part of this world. Go do something else with your life. He's got plenty of opportunity. He's got he's only 20 years old. He's got a whole he's got a whole life ahead of him to figure out what he wants to do. Uh he, he just can't do this right now. And I think that's that's great. That's that's great for the hockey world that it finally drew that line in the sand. It it sucks that the Bruins even opened up that door. And the other teams that were interested in it. Yeah. All that sucks.
1: All right. I don't really have much else to say. Anything else you guys want to add? Nope. Okay. Uh, we're going to wrap up this show then. We appreciate all y'all listening, all that. We will be back tomorrow, unfortunately, with not a happy topic, but one that will be a lot more about love with Peter McNabb. So be sure to tune in tomorrow. We'll have all four of us, including Jesse, on to talk about him. So should be a, a – a show that is a thing there'll be a lot of emotions we'll put it that way it's Uh,
2: gonna be a tough one
1: either way we appreciate all y'all hanging out in the chat uh we will talk to you tomorrow until then we'll see you later